Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 185. You know, whatever we believe is true has a profound effect upon us, doesn't it? If we believe something is too difficult, then, you know, there's not really much point in trying. We're not really going to attempt to do anything if we believe that. Even if people around us are telling us the complete opposite, if we believe something, it changes everything. In fact, it's almost like whatever we believe becomes a reality. And Jesus spent a lot of time working with his students' faulty view of reality. I mean, he would question things all the time that they took for granted. Things like, like for example, this common state that we get into, which is, there's nothing I can do to change this. That's a common thing. That's a common state that we can get ourselves into. There's nothing I can do. This is hopeless. Don't look to me. I can't do anything here. And what Jesus did was is that he used everyday challenges, everyday events to teach his students, which is really a way, an extended way of teaching us. He would use everyday challenges, everyday events to teach his students how to begin to think differently about life. Because it's very, very difficult to change your thinking. We believe that we'll fail at something, we're not even going to try. If we believe that we don't have the gifts or the capacity or the confidence, that will become a reality. If we believe we don't have the intellect, it's, it's going to affect us profoundly. And it becomes the very thing that we don't want. So in our text today, Jesus uses a crowd of hungry people to teach his students a very important lesson. And it's something that we will learn and relearn our entire lives, which is often the case of like Jesus teaching. He, they're not lessons that you can learn once and then, okay, got that down, we're fine. They're, they are lessons that continue throughout our whole lives. In fact, this is an interesting thing. When John wrote about this account of Jesus feeding 5,000, because that's the story we're looking at. When Jesus wrote about this later, he said, you know, that day, it was like a test. It was like a testing time for us. We realized that after the event that the day that all these people were fed, that was a day that he used to test us. So that's what I'm going to be looking at today. I'm going to be looking at testing times. And uh, as I've mentioned many times before, that when we are going through any kind of challenge or test, it's not so much that God brings things to us to test us. Life has a way of doing that. Our regular everyday lives uh, are set up in such a way that automatically 
we're going to be pushed. We're going to be challenged. We're going to be uh, find ourselves in situations where we don't know what to do. It's, it's just the way it is living as a human being in this world. But what challenging times do, or what testing times do, is, is that they show us something about ourselves. So today, that's what we're going to be looking at, testing times. And I'm using a well-known account of the feeding of the 5,000. I'm not necessarily going to concentrate on uh, the actual time where the people were fed. That's a, another lesson, really. I want to pick up the story at the front end where the disciples are with Jesus and he's been teaching all day and people are getting hungry and it's getting late and the crowds don't have enough to eat. And they're miles and miles away from any shops and he asks Philip, Jesus asks Philip what to do. Now, that's sort of the setup, right? Because Philip says, well, <laughs> I don't know. They need to be sent home, he says, because eight months' salary isn't going to give them a single bite. And there's the, there's the sort of setup of the story. They're in the middle of nowhere. Jesus has been teaching all day. The crowds are hungry. What do you think, Philip? What do you think? He says, don't ask, don't ask me. I have no idea. They need to go home. Now, again, it's a test, but not in the sense that God is sending things deliberately to trip us up. It's more things will happen in your life and they will reveal something about yourself that's going to be helpful for your spiritual and emotional growth. I mean, that's the purpose of everything. The purpose of everything is to learn how to grow up and be the people that we were created to be. Jesus called it abundant life. There's lots of different ways to talk about that, becoming fully <laughs> alive or conscious or awake, but it's that whole idea that Jesus came to show us how to live in this world. Oh, by the way, you know, Jesus wasn't immune to tests either and trials. In fact, this takes place at a very, very low point in his life because he's grieving. His cousin John the Baptist has just recently been executed. And uh, so this happens just right after Cousin John has been executed, which is a, a big story in itself, and I, I won't go into it, but it was just a ruthless, unnecessary death. And Jesus is reeling from that death. But you know how it is when you're grieving or when you're disillusioned? Life just goes on, right? You know this, right? You're grieving, you're disillusioned, or you're worn out and you're tired or you're stressed. Life just goes on. You know, you still have to get up in the morning. You still plod out to work. You know, you still pay the bills. You still look after the children. You, you just have to keep on going, even though you feel 
like you're dying on the inside. So this is actually happening when, when Jesus is grieving, but he doesn't stop, you know, he carries on and the crowds seek him out anyway, whether or not Cousin John's been beheaded, that doesn't make any difference to the crowds. They're still needy, they still want him, they, they want help. So that's the setting, and the crowds are getting hungry, and Jesus says to Philip, okay, what, uh, what are we going to do here? And Philip says, well, there's nothing that can be done. Just send them away. And Jesus replies, they don't need to go anywhere. You give them something to eat. Do something. You give them something. And it's like, Mr. Phillips, like, Jesus, haven't you, been, haven't you heard me? I'm telling you that there's absolutely nothing we can do. We don't have enough money. We're miles and miles away from anywhere. I already told you eight months' salary wouldn't give them a bite. And then Andrew, another of the disciples, says, well, there's a boy here with some fish and some barley loaves, but, you know, it's not enough, obviously. It's kind of similar to Phillips' practical response. We don't have the resources. And so that's the test. And the result is of the test that it kind of gives us insight into where the disciples are coming from because they believe that it's pretty much all up to them. They lack money. They lack food. They don't have what it takes. So it's pretty much cognitive problem solving. And of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with cognitive problem solving. This is the way we live our lives. It is necessary. It's essential. And you can't get on in life without it, right? However, Jesus would add, cognitive problem solving is, is inadequate. It's not enough. Logic Knowledge, you figuring things out, mm, no, that, that's not enough, Jesus would say. Because Philip, it's not the whole story. You're giving up too quickly, Philip. You, you're losing heart because you've run out of ideas. You're flinging your hands in the air, Philip, because you're discouraged and you can't fix it. And I think that many of us can relate to this state of being. It's like you try everything you know to sort out the problem, the conflict, the relationship, the lack, whatever it is that we're lacking, and absolutely nothing's working. And what happens sometimes is, and this is what happens to Philip is, is that he, he gives up prematurely. So he basically throws his hands in the air and he says to Jesus, send them away. Don't ask me. Don't look to me. Now here's the shift in the story. Jesus says, okay, everybody needs to sit down. Have all the crowds sit down. In other words, it's like, get the people ready. Something is going to happen. Start getting organized in anticipation of something that's going to happen. Have everybody sit down, nobody's going anywhere. 
We're going to eat. Now, remember, there's no food. There's no money. There's no shops. There's no, nothing's really changed. But here's the shift that does happen. And it's very, very subtle. But when everyone has to sit down and get prepared for something happening, there is a slight shift within the disciples, the students. It's like, oh, what's, what, is he, what is he up to? What is he going to do? It's very, very subtle. It's like the energy's different, though, because before Philip's like throwing his hands in the air, and it's like, I can't do anything. But he's moved to this other place, which is, Philip, have everybody sit down. Have them all sit down. And it's like, is he, is he actually going to do so, something here? Are we missing something? Now, let, let me just elaborate on this because it's really subtle. It's like when you come across a situation and you know at some level that you don't have what it takes to do what needs to be done, right? Common thing, common thing. You come across a situation and deep in your heart of hearts, it's like, I, I can't do this. However, you move ahead trusting that when the time is right, something's going to change. God's going to be there for you in some way, and you're going to move ahead regardless of your lack. In other words, you're not passive, you're not withdrawn, and you haven't given up. You are almost entertaining a glimmer of maybe something could happen here that I don't know because I'm not the only one who's in this situation. That's like the faith piece, by the way. The faith, the trust piece is when you have a little glimmer of, you know, I don't think I can do anything, but I guess I'm not the only one working in this. That's kind of what trust looks like. Now, I'm not going to go into the story about the, the feeding because most of you know this story. And if you don't, it's, the brief version is, is that Jesus takes the bread and the fish and hands it out. And the disciples who had been uh, standing nearby uh, basically just keep handing out the bread and fish uh, from the boy. And they have 12 baskets of leftovers. And that's a whole other teaching there for the leftovers. But this is the bit I want to concentrate on. It's like, Philip, Andrew, Mary, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention here? Listen, I asked you to go ahead and do what, was ne what needed to be done. You asked, what are we going to do? They're hungry. I said to you, go ahead and feed them. You didn't have the confidence to do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. You didn't have the confidence. Okay, that's where you are at this point in your life. And it's going to take time to get you to the point where I want you to go. 
But here's the thing. This is where I am going. This is where I am leading. When I said to you, you do it, you feed them. That's the way of Jesus saying to us, you have a lot more capacity than you think you do. And furthermore, it is possible, it's actually likely in many situations that you are caving in prematurely. In other words, we can give up too quickly. If something is too difficult, if a relationship's too hard, or if working with a group of people is too challenging, or a job is, is, is requiring too much, or a church, it's like, I, I gotta quit a marriage. No, no, I can't do this. Now, here's the thing. There are times when something is over. There are times where you do need to leave the job. There are times where you actually do need to get out of that church because it's, it's not meeting your needs anymore. You've, you've grown up, right? You've grown up. You're in a different place than you were five years ago, 10 years ago. There are times where, yeah, you do have to get out of the marriage, the partnership. It's like, this is, this is not good. This is not healthy. There are times where you will be working with a group of people and, it's, and you'll think, this is not what I signed up for. This is not moving in the direction that I need to go. So, yes, there are definitely times where we need to close down and exit and leave, but there is a world of difference between a clean break and avoiding and running away. There is a world of difference between a clean break. Now, when, when it's a clean break, when you leave a relationship or a job uh, or you take a, a different turn in life, and you and it's a, and it's a clean break there is here's how you know when it's a clean break there's freedom there you have a sense of freedom of inner freedom there's a lightness not saying it's easy it can be very difficult it can be heartbreaking but in your heart of hearts your innermost being it is a clean break and you feel free. There's no guilt, there's no avoidance, there's no running away. If it's not a clean break, uh, you know, if it's like ghosting, it's messy, you feel guilty, you avoid and you have no inner freedom. No inner freedom. So for Philip and for the rest of them, Jesus is pointing out, all of you, you're, you're caving in prematurely. When I asked you to do something, you said you couldn't do it. And the reason that you said that you couldn't do it, Philip, is, is because you think that it's all up to you. And quite frankly, if it is all up to us, there are a lot of things that we can't do. 
This is the big thing about, this is the big difference that trusting God makes. And, and I'm not saying it's easy and we learn this in a half hour. This is a lifetime. But it really isn't all up to us. Now, yes, it is hard to do the right thing. It is not easy to move ahead trusting that we will be met in some way. But when there are obstacles, one of the lessons here is don't give up too quickly. There's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be people getting in the way. There's always going to be things that don't work out. When you feel like you, are, you can't move forward in some way, yeah, that's, that's a part of life. But with Philip, when he said, no, I can't do this, I don't have what it takes, like, no, 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 Philip, you're giving up way too fast. And, you know, when you feel like giving up and when you give in too quickly, it's, it's almost like you miss, you miss a, a, a potential leap forward emotionally and spiritually. This is what can happen. I mean, the, the going gets a little bit too hard and people just like, they quit. It's like just before the breakthrough, you quit, <laughs> right? Just before the breakthrough, emotionally, spiritually, we can quit because we get hard. It's good because it's just too hard. So the quick way out isn't always the best way. The convenient way isn't always the best way. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about a partnership, a marriage, a job. You know, we can hold ourselves back and we can limit ourselves by simply taking an easier way. And I think that's what we see with Philip, you know, when he's like, I don't know, nothing I can do. Don't ask me. Don't look at me. And Jesus comes back and says, well, I am looking at you. I am looking at you. And I'm telling you to go ahead and do this, even if you feel inadequate. We have to learn how to push past our inadequacies. And uh, yeah, that's the prayer. That's the heart cry. It's like, God help me not to be led by my lack, by what I think that I can't do. But help me to move ahead in spite of what I believe, because sometimes I'm believing the wrong thing. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.